Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Mignon Morel with From Water Into Wine. It's good to be back on. It's been a few months. We've been quite busy. I want to thank all the listeners who continually uh, support by listening to the podcast. I hope that you are getting help and growing in your walk with God through it. I wanted to remind everybody that we are on YouTube from Water Into Wine, and I am broadcasting a lot of these podcasts uh, on YouTube as well as a video. We also have other podcasts that I um, haven't released that are actually on our website. You can go to fromwaterintowine.org. There's a lot of free resources on there, resources for dreams, the prophetic, the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, I encourage you to do so. Uh, We do have more podcasts actually on the website in our store, and they are available for a pay-what-you-can basis. We're also offering wisdom sessions. I get a lot of people contacting me uh, asking for advice and such, and that's a way that you can do that on a donation basis um, via the website. So I encourage y'all to go to that if you haven't. Now today, we're going to talk about how we trust in God in tough times and difficult moments. And we're going to talk about what it means to trust in God when you're really going through a tough or difficult season. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. I love that verse. So my question for you is, where do you place your trust in difficult seasons? Is it in your pocketbook? Is it in your job? Is it in your family or maybe your abilities? Is it in your government? You know, the word says to put your trust in the Lord because he is the one who is going to make your path straight and remove the obstacles that are blocking your way. Nobody else can do it but him. So today we're going to focus on Daniel chapter 6. Now, in this chapter, we see that Daniel is faced with an issue of where he's going to place his trust in a trying and difficult circumstance. You know, his situation was not unlike many of ours today. So I'm going to try to break this down a bit, Daniel chapter 6, so we can see the similarities in our lives. So we can see the strategy that the enemy likes to use, as well as the weapons and deliverance that the Lord brings. Now, I want you to remember, as I read these verses, that Daniel was a real person. You know, sometimes I think, and I, and I meet people all the time, and I see that this is true. We have this odd idea because we're reading about these people in a book from, you know, hundreds or years or so ago, that these people are more like characters in a movie or more like a fictional book. So we are kind of distanced from them in a way. But we have to remember that all these people in the Bible were real people like you and I. They faced life-threatening decisions and choices just like you and I do. 
Daniel was a real person and he was a slave in a government and in a kingdom where he had no real freedom over his own life. He lived by the grace of God. So for Daniel, honestly, every day could have been his last for a multitude of reasons that would have had very little to do with him. So I want you to remember this as we go through this story, that he's a real person just like us facing similar things. So in verses one through four of Daniel chapter six, Darius, who is now the new king, has appointed Daniel as one of his three presidents or commissioners over all of his kingdom and over all of his uh, satraps, who were his governing of, uh, officials at the time, to help rule the kingdom. This is the first place in the chapter that we see a few important things. First, we see that Daniel's character is exposed and explained to the reader. Then this Daniel, because of the excellent spirit within him, began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and the satraps, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire realm. Then the other two commissioners and the satraps began trying to find a reason to bring a complaint against Daniel concerning the administration of the kingdom. But they could not find a reason for an accusation or evidence of corruption because he was faithful, a man of high moral character and personal integrity, and no negligence or corruption of any kind was found in him. Now, one thing I want to point out here as we go forward, no matter what Daniel faced during his trials, his excellent character did not waver. In other words, he did not let the pollution of what was occurring around him pollute him on the inside. This is the first key we, we see when we are going through difficult times that we can use for ourselves. You know, as I was reading this, one of the things the Lord shared with me was that Daniel had an excellent spirit because he had learned how to rule over his soul. You know, I did a teaching a few months back on the soul and how uh, we are called as Christians to live with rulership, living in the spirit over our souls. It's called Soul Talk, and you can find it on the website. I encourage everyone who has listened to this podcast more than once, especially, to go and get that talk and listen to it because it's going to help your growth tremendously in the Lord. So, Daniel, going back to Daniel, did not let himself get polluted by what he encountered or dealt with in the people and the place he was at. Now, you have to understand the time Daniel was living in this kingdom, he was basically living in an extreme pagan society with multiple gods. He was living basically in a witchcraft mecca. In fact, everybody he dealt with, all the commissioners and the satraps would have been involved in witchcraft on some level. You can think of it much like Daniel lived in like the Burning Man festival to some extent continually, but much worse. It was full of foreign gods and illicit sex and just all kinds of evil day in and day out. He was exposed to this. In the midst of this, Daniel stayed focused on God and what he knew to be true about God's righteousness. And he lived his life from that perspective, regardless of what was occurring around him. You know, this is a big key for us, especially uh, as believers, uh, as a weapon of warfare. You know, you can't become like what you are fighting against and expect to win. 
You can't become like the bitterness or the lying spirit you may be facing or the hard-heartedness you may be facing and expect to triumph over it. I remember many years ago when I was going through a really rough training period, which I think I've talked about in past podcasts, one of the things that God impressed upon me to help me in that time to keep my heart from growing hard was to ask him to hold my heart. And what that basically meant was I was saying to him, Lord Jesus, to get through this season where everything is so intense, I need you to hold my heart so it doesn't become hard. That's a key for us. So we see Daniel's first step was keeping his character in the midst of the circumstance. So key for us. So Daniel is appointed, as the story goes, and immediately we see the strategy of the enemy revealed, Daniel 6, 5. Then these men said, we will not find any basis for an accusation against this Daniel unless we find something against him in connection with the law of his God. Hmm. So Daniel is promoted, and what happens? Immediately the enemy comes against Daniel. And what weapon did the enemy use? Accusation. The enemy used accusation because he is the accuser of the brethren. And these guys were ripe with jealousy. So they were easily used to bring accusations against Daniel. Is this starting to sound familiar? You know, you're trying to live your life doing the right thing by God and everyone else. And then accusation comes. You know, accusation is a weapon and it always has the aim of murder murder of your reputation, your motives, your character, and in this case for Daniel, his life. The sin of this typically goes jealousy, accusation, intimidation, and then death on some level. That's how it works in the spirit. So these commissioners go on and decide they're going to work against Daniel through going after him through the law of his religion. So they go on to snare the king, King Darius, who was a prideful man, and they convince him to build a statue, an idol of himself that had to be worshipped for 30 days. And during that time, no one was allowed to worship any other gods. Now remember, I, I said earlier that Daniel lived in this kind of idol worship Mecca, okay? You see, these commissioners were smart and devious, just like the enemy. They could not find moral ground to accuse Daniel because of his excellent spirit. So they decided to use a religious law to entrap him by his own religion. And they decided to use the pride of Darius to work it towards their goal for them. You know, pride is always a blinding force to the truth and works with the plans of the enemy. This is why it's so important to keep your character and your nose clean, per se, when you're in trying circumstances. If you get into sin out of the character of God, especially in difficult circumstances, the enemy can easily use you and attack you. In this case, for Darius, it was pride. For instance, when you're going through something difficult, you may be tempted to, say, lie to help your situation. But if you do that, it's only going to make your situation worse because when you come into agreement with the enemy, you give him power over you. This one is one of the reasons why the saints are always admonished throughout scripture to be pure and to stay pure and to trust that God will help us at the right time. 
Daniel knew this, so he didn't compromise his character. This is part of what we learn as we grow in our walk with God. So Daniel had to make a choice, follow the king's law or follow God's law. Second thing we need to understand is that trust is always a choice. Trust is not a feeling. It's a choice. Trust is a mighty weapon that Daniel wielded against the enemy of accusation, fear, and death. Daniel used that weapon to put his focus and energy towards God, and by doing that, he removed access to the spirit of fear and any power it would have over his life. Daniel chose to trust God and to follow God's law. So the story continues. The other two commissioners get all the satraps together and they come as witnesses to entrap Daniel. They spy on him worshiping God instead of the idol. And they go to the king and they bring up a charge against Daniel to the king. This was the first point where King Darius realized he had made a mistake. Now, pride will always end up tying your own hands and delivering you where you do not want to go. So we see that here. The commissioners come to the king and they use um, uh, accusation followed by intimidation. They start to intimidate the king into keeping his word, even though he did not want to. Daniel 6.15 Then these same men came thronging by agreement to the king and said, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed or repealed. Now remember, they're speaking to the king here. (laughs) That's intimidation right there. So the king, uh, being intimidated, gives in and he orders that Daniel be brought to the lion's den. But before Daniel's cast into the, into the lion's den, the king offers a word of encouragement to Daniel. Daniel 6, 16. Then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you are serving continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that there might be no change of purpose concerning Daniel. So here's Daniel, betrayed by his own king and left to die, uh, quite a horrible death, I might add, being eaten alive. You know, have you ever wondered uh, what was going through Daniel's mind at that moment? I mean, I know that some of us, we wonder about what's going through our own minds at those moments when we feel like there's no hope. You know, scripture doesn't tell us what was going through Daniel's mind, uh, nor what he was doing at that moment, because at that point in the story, the story shifts its focus back to the king and what he was going through. Daniel 6, 18. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music or dancing girls brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of the lions. And when he came to the den and to Daniel, he cried out in a voice of anguish. The king said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God, whom you serve continually, able to deliver you from the lions? 
So we see that God actually used Daniel's enemy at this point, the king, as an instrument for intercession for Daniel. He fasted and he prayed and became an intercessor for Daniel while he was in the middle of the plans of the enemy. In other words, God used the king who was intended to be used by the commissioners as a weapon for Daniel's death. God made him become a weapon of intercession for Daniel's deliverance. When you trust God, he can even make your enemies become the weapons and vehicles that you need for your own deliverance. This reminds me, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but many years ago, God did this for me in my life. I was working um, at a building downtown Houston in, in an office, and every day around lunchtime, I would go through the tunnel system that we have here to the church to have a time of prayer. And um, the tunnel system here in Houston is very vast and it had up and down. And I was walking through there and I had stopped at one point, I don't even remember, to get some money out of an ATM for lunch later. And when I turned around to leave that area, uh, I had not noticed that the floor had risen up to the ATM because the floor was all one color down there and there was a ledge and the ledge was not marked so when I went to leave I actually ended up falling off the ledge and hurting my knee and tearing some ligaments in it anyway long story short um, we ended up having to go uh, into like a lawsuit with the management company of the tunnel system because of this to get them to pay for some of the medical bills and I remember it looked really bad, like our case, like we were not going to do well. I had been accused of, you know, doing it on purpose to make a big scene because, you know, of course, everybody wants their knees messed up on purpose for that or whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, they brought in in the deposition the one of the managers of the tunnel system. And in that deposition, he ended up flipping on his bosses and joining our side. He actually sat there and told them, I have warned the tunnel system management this was going to happen because this wasn't marked. It's a hazard. And uh, this was not her fault. This was the management company's fault. And it, what happened was they ended immediately settling with me because they didn't want to be taken uh you know, to court in a lawsuit. So we saw God do this where he actually used a person working for the enemy for our own deliverance and benefit. When you trust God and you put your hope in him, he can use anyone and anything to bring you through for his purpose and for his glory. So I want you to be encouraged with that. So picking up the story, the king goes and calls out to Daniel in the morning, and we get to see at that point what God has been doing from Daniel's perspective. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel, and he has shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent and blameless before him, and also before you, O king. There again we see his excellent spirit. As you very well know, I have done no harm or wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel should be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no hurt was found on him because he believed in and trusted in his God. When you trust in God, he will cover you and prosper you in places that seem impossible to prosper in. 
He will use you as a sign and a wonder to those around you, all for his glory. And you will come out with a great testimony that has the power to change the world around you. And the king commanded, and those men who had accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, their wives, and before they ever reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and had broken their bones in pieces. So we see here that God is the one who repays. If you find yourself in a situation, and most of us, in this case with Daniel, he was wrongly accused. Where you are wrongly accused, hold your peace. God is the one who avenges. And if you see this here, you read that he, um, he didn't just avenge on the commissioners that set him up. He took out the generation. He took out their generations. So that's another reason why when we trust God and we turn things over to him, his justice is perfect in our lives. That's one of the benefits that we get when we trust God is letting his justice work its completion in our lives. It's full completion to bring freedom. Daniel 6, 25. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages in his realm that dwelt in all the earth. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, men must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring and steadfast forever. And his kingdom shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even to the end of the world. He is a savior and deliverer, and he works signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So we see here that God flipped this entire situation around. You know, Daniel's story is recorded to give us hope. It is there to remind us of the immeasurable faithfulness of God who never fails. It is there to show us that trust is always a choice, that staying in the character of God, even in difficult circumstances, and choosing his way over all others has the power to deliver us from the evils that we are facing. You know, our circumstances are often really just setups by God to move and show off in our lives if we trust him and give him the chance. You know, I don't believe we would fear them if we could change our perception to see them as opportunities because we would know that God is always for us within each one of us and always around us. Our circumstances are really opportunities and I believe that Daniel knew that when he was facing it. You know, God used Daniel's situation to remove evil leadership, to bring down idol worship in a kingdom, and to release the true worship of the real God to that pagan kingdom, the true worship of the living God. There was a purpose that moved Daniel and God's kingdom forward in allowing him to go through all that he did. God does the same thing with us. He can use your situation to make you a sign and a wonder to those around you, all for his glory. He can give you a great testimony that has the power to change the world around you and not only change the world around you, but to go forward through the generations, just like this story in Daniel has done for us. So 
I want to kind of leave you with some questions to ask when you're faced with situations where you need to really focus on trusting God. Um, instead of us reacting all the time through our soul, why is this happening? Why is this happening? We need to stop, as I have said before in many places on these podcasts, and, and, and refocus on God. Instead of asking, why is this happening to me? We need to be asking different questions. Questions like, what are you wanting to do in me, Lord, in the midst of this circumstances? What are you building in me in this, Lord? Is it resilience? Is it faith? Is it hope? Is it strength? What are you freeing me from through this, God? Is it fear, the wrong people, uh, deception or limitations? You know, Lord, how can I work with you in this so your full purpose is accomplished? Do I need to stand? Do I need to surrender? What do you want me to do in this? When we focus on the questions versus the fear and the feeling, we start to have breakthrough in our perception and our mind and our faith is built and our trust level rises. We don't allow fear or pride to direct us and we put our trust in God and that allows that connection between God and us to flow and it allows God to show up supernaturally in our situation and he makes a way one way or another. God is always working for our good and the good of the kingdom of Jesus Christ in our lives. Keep your eyes on him. Even in this current climate, choose to trust in him who never fails and, and then expect to see him show off in mighty ways and bring you the deliverance that you need. I want to leave you uh, with a little challenge. If Daniel can trust his life to God when he was facing death by being eaten alive with no natural hope for deliverance, what do you need to trust God for that you're facing in this season? Is it your family, your provision, maybe even your health? Make a choice today that you will not be in agreement with the enemy. Trust God to bring you the deliverance and breakthrough you need and then expect him to show off just like he did for Daniel. If he did it for Daniel, he'll do it for you. I want to close today with just, uh, just by praying over you just praying for your encouragement because I know a lot of us right now um, it's difficult what we're facing some of us are losing jobs some of us are having health battles and I, I really want to pray especially for your trust level to go up so um, let's just let's just come together to the throne Holy Spirit come Father God we come in the mighty name of Jesus and I lift my brothers and sisters up to you I thank you first and foremost that you are always faithful, that your faithfulness covers our lives from the beginning, middle, and to the end. I thank you that for every listener, you have a perfect plan and purpose, that you have a way around any obstacles, detours, or hardships they may be facing. Father God, I ask in this time for you to hover over the listeners especially those, Lord, who have been stretched in this season. I ask you to encourage them. I ask you to lift their hearts and minds to you as they surrender these burdens at your feet. 
Father God, I ask that they would have the trust of Daniel, that you would embed that in their lives to know that you will and you are moving on their behalf. I thank you, Father, that you go before them to uproot every demonic hindrance uh, and evil scheme of the enemy and that you are the one who brings perfect vindication and justice into their lives. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. I ask all of this in Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.